The strategic significance of the Pacific is not lost on the Pacific Islands. At the same time, the Pacific is sensitive to being drawn into the middle of rising tensions between U.S. and China. What Pacific leaders have been clear about is the desire for partner engagement in a way that is respectful, effective, and in line with PIF priorities. Hi, I'm Catherine Pack, Senior Fellow for the Australia Chair at CSIS. I'm here to talk to you about my recent Critical Questions, the 52nd Pacific Islands Forum Leaders Meeting. I decided to write this Critical Questions report because outside of traditional Pacific watchers, there are not many people in the U.S. foreign policy sphere that are familiar with the Pacific Islands Forum, called the PIF, despite the increasingly significant role this region plays in U.S. national security. U.S. policymakers have woken up in recent years to the fact that the U.S. has long taken its influence and presence in the Pacific for granted. China has been actively courting the Pacific over the past several years, with promises of infrastructure projects, leader-level meetings in Beijing, and even attempts, sometimes successfully, of security arrangements. In this context, as we consider the lattice work of summits and leader-level visits this season, this year's PIF Leaders Meeting is incredibly relevant to regional and global dynamics. There was a ton of interesting outcomes from this year's forum, but a key takeaway was that the strategic significance of the Pacific is not lost on the Pacific Islands. At the same time, the Pacific is sensitive to being drawn into the middle of rising tensions between U.S. and China. What Pacific leaders have been clear about is the desire for partner engagement in a way that is respectful, effective, and in line with PIF priorities. In addition to the expected conversation about climate change at this year's meeting, we also saw really important steps taken to solidify PIF architecture. The leaders also confirmed the next secretary general will be Micronesian nominee Baron Waka. These are really significant developments, especially coming just one year after the PIF was almost fractured due to tensions between Micronesia and other subregions. The focus on implementation and action is a clear message to U.S. policymakers. While leader-level engagements and massive commitments have landed well in the region, now is the time for follow-through. The first test of this will be if Congress funds the recently concluded compacts of free association, but successfully implementing other promised programming will also be critical. Australia's role in the PIF is particularly interesting here, especially given Prime Minister Albanese's recent visits to the U.S. and Beijing. Australia has become a global actor and major security partner for the U.S., as demonstrated through initiatives like AUKUS and the Quad. But Pacific Island opinion on these mechanisms is very mixed. This leaves Australia in a position of balancing its broader national security concerns with ensuring that it demonstrates commitment to Pacific priorities and objectives. This year, we saw a real push by other members of the PIF for Australia to play a stronger role in combating climate change, such as by committing to a total reduction of coal. While Albanese did not go this far, he did announce an unprecedented Australia-Tuvalu treaty. While this deal itself presents room for debate, as I get into, it gets at a key Pacific concern, the loss of not just landmass, but of cultural heritage, identity, and national interests. This brings us back to a topic that U.S. policymakers should be keenly paying attention to. Pacific efforts to reach international consensus on maintaining sovereignty and statehood despite sea level rise. The PIF is urging larger partners to formally sign on to their declaration on sea level rise. Short of that, U.S. policymakers should consider innovative ways to ensure Pacific nations have the certainty they are looking for. Ultimately, the main challenge for the PIF will be how to best direct this increased international interest in a way that best benefits the region and its people. The degree to which the United States can be a reliable and sincere partner in this effort will dictate the success of U.S. foreign policy in the region. To read the full Critical Questions publication, the 52nd Pacific Island Forum Leaders Meeting, please visit CSIS.org.